Welcome to the Unstoppable Yes You podcast, where we celebrate the achievements of Caribbean people to inspire the next generation. I'm your host, Carla Spillett, with a new series that gives you a peek into the lives of social content creators. In this series, you will learn how our guests use their passion and expertise to build a name for themselves, a community of loyal fans, and in some cases, to secure major brand collaborations. Today, I'm speaking with Akneton Boros. You may have seen his comical skits on Instagram. He's the award-winning social media personality behind the Bayesian folklore characters Bev and Hugh. Atkinson is also an aspiring actor who delivers a boatload of laughter with a taste of Bayesian culture. Welcome, Atkinson. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. So let's get right to it. When did you first start developing comic skits and what inspired you to do so? I first started um, developing comedic skits, I would say back in 2015. You know, it, it was always a passion of mine to be on the stage, arts, and I've always loved Beijing culture, and I've always been around older people, whether it may be my grandmother or my grandmother's friends, both of my grandmothers, you know, privileged to have both of them alive. So I, I used to be between the two houses a lot. And um, it started from there, it stemmed from the things that they would say at home, the things I would hear them say on the phone, and it, the love continued to grow from there. And that's how I started. Uh, I just put, picked up my phone one day sitting in the front house, tied up my head, put my glasses on my nose. Well, at that time, I didn't, I, I don't think I was wearing glasses, but I was glasses on my nose. And I took up the phone and I started to rattle off on a relatable conversation that I know that most people would hear their grandmother or older person in the household saying. So for our listeners who may not be familiar with um, Bev, tell us who she is. Who, who does she represent? So Bev is your modern day mix with your vintage um, grandmother, your auntie, your mother, your cousin. You know, that that older lady who has that wealth of knowledge, that, that all that humor and that wit and the, the over-the-top personality that everybody either loves our loves. <laughs> so that's who Bev really is, that relatable figure in the community that makes you reminisce on what culture is, on what Barbados is, you know, so that was the whole idea behind Bev. And what type of stories are you trying to tell through this character, Bev, and her best pal, Q? The, the stories that I continue to tell or develop through Bev is, you know, stories from yesteryear and back when you know stories that you would have remembered as a child whether it could be going to church whether it could be the market whether whether it may be a, just a phone call or just something that you know that i remember hearing my grandmother my auntie my mom saying this back when i was younger i want bev to to be a character both bev and you to be a character that makes you reminisce and makes you you know gives you that nostalgic feeling that, oh my God, I remember hearing these things. I remember those conversations. My granny, my auntie used to do it the same way. So that's the idea behind Bev, to make you reminisce, whether you're in Barbados, whether you're across the world, or you may not even know about the culture, but just to give you an insight, this character gives you an insight of what it is to be Barbadian. Yeah, and I will say, um, when I've looked at some of the videos, it does bring a smile to my face and just, you know, it just gives you that warm feeling. So I can definitely um, resonate, although I'm not Bayesian, I mean, just being from the Caribbean, 
you know, you can definitely resonate with it. Mm -hmm. So you were doing this kind of like for the fun of it. And then in 2015, you started to build momentum and went viral. What was that moment like for you? Um, <laughs> to this day, it's still always such a mind-blowing feeling because it happened so fast. And I am a very, very religious person. And again, I, I would have started that from 2015. And leading up to when I would have accomplished these accolades and all these um, achievements, it would have been just after losing my best friend and my aunt who were very, very close to me. Those were the rocks behind a lot of what I do. So it was a bittersweet feeling, but it felt as though that, you know, God will move you from the back and put you to the front in any season or where there's talent and where there's will that you you know you can achieve anything that you put your mind to. And, you know, seeing how people would have received Bev and how Bev would have brought humor, Bev would have brought some motivation. It was just such a mind-blowing feeling to know that people would have been going through stuff and could watch your stuff and feel so inspired or just make them laugh, especially in a time where we know the world is so heavy because Bev would have started during the pandemic would have launched up, blast off during the pandemic. And you talk about your auntie and, and sort of her being a motivation um, for you to really bring this character to life. So tell us a little bit about her. Oh, my auntie was the, the life of the party. She was definitely my, my, one of my biggest motivations, my biggest cheerleaders. She was always there to support me. And she is the person who was 100% behind me bringing back Bev on the scene because she knew the love that I have for Tyler Perry and she would say to me um Bev is going to take you where you need to go and you know at first I was a little mad and I, I was hesitant about it and then I remember hearing this voice in my head saying do it now and that was on November I think it was the 28th and I got up and I did a video and I prepared a video talking about Christmas season and that was the first time the video went viral and, you know, my, my aunt was a Christmas woman. She loved Christmas. She loved festivity. She loved activity. She loved a good little gossip on the phone. And she was like, I are talking about the business. But, <laughs> and, you know, she was just a breath of fresh air. And, you know, she was the reason why I fell in love with New York because she was a Beijing living abroad. And I always said that I would be living in New York, you know. And it, she she just was everything to me. She was the mentor. She was the inspiration and she kept me grounded. She kept me focused. And, she, you know, she was an all-around woman. And, uh, yeah, just to sum her up in a bit. Yeah, she sounds like a wonderful person. What goes into your planning and execution process when you, you know, develop an episode? Funny enough, I'm, I'd never script them. It's always spur of the moment or inspired by something. So one day I may be sitting in here and something, I may just see a pot. And I may remember my grandmother beating up a pot or remember an older person beating up a pot. And that's how the inspiration comes. I always try to keep it very authentic. I, I want it never to feel forced or like, okay, this is trying too hard. I always want it to feel as though like this is something I can relate to. Or it may be not only something to make you laugh, but something to inspire you. So that may wake up with a word to inspire you, you know? So when you see me pull that window, it's because I felt inspired. I may look out through the window and see a lady walk on the bag and I will pick up, yeah, you, listen, I'll see she, I'll see she now passed there with the big soul. She like, she went shopping 
And that's how this, you know, that's how it goes. It's never prescriptive. Like I've just written a script to do. It's always just for the moment I woke up, boom, I got this in my head. Let's do it. You know, but transitioning now into sitcom will be a bit different. I bet. Yeah. Because I mean, there's, there has to be some level of planning so that, you know, you're not wasting time. Tell us about your plans for the upcoming sitcom. The plans so far now, we, we want to bring culture to TV, you know. I've seen so many different African movies with our heritage from Ghana, those places on Netflix. And I just wanted to bring that bit of Caribbean fusion and not only just from Barbados, but partnering with people throughout the, Car- the Caribbean that they can become a part of this sitcom too. That, that's one of the aims and hopes to showcase the Caribbean to the world. So bridging that gap with our different Caribbean nations and showcasing what Barbadian talent is. We don't have a lot of natural resources, but we have our people who are gifted. And I wanted this to be an opportunity for many Barbadian people to have the opportunity, whether it could be to be a producer, a writer, an actor, lighting, you know, so many different fields on it. We've just found a location to, to shoot. Now we're now in the process of finding, seeking investors that align with the brand, you know, because we, we want to give everybody the opportunity to, to live at well, enjoying their passion. So the, the aim is to bring all of what you would have seen on social media, the jokes, the laughter, the, the motivational speech, to bring that to life all in a sitcom where you can enjoy and see everything you would have heard. So from Bev and you, actual conversations, from seeing a shop in the village, from seeing the neighbors, from seeing Shirley that they always talk about. We wanted to bring all of that alive and not only just here in Barbados, but across the globe. Are you planning to expand on that format? Because I know right now you play both personas. So would you be pulling in new um, actors and actresses? Absolutely. We've just launched casted the, the major characters when it comes to you so there's that janine white is playing eudora we have keisha hope she's playing um shirley so those are the two main characters and we've just casted some more that we're soon going to release the, the names as well as now that the new year has started well i'm excited and i can't wait for you to bring this to life i know that you've just been sort of on fire and you know building your momentum you have over 20,000 plus followers on Instagram from around the world. What do you believe takes to build a loyal fan base on social media? Consistency. Consistency is very, very important. And consistency, you know, interacting with your followers, um, interacting with your people, you know, being relatable. And for me, I pride myself on being relatable. I, I never want people to believe that, you know, he's not relatable. Like, I can't understand anything he says. You know, it doesn't make sense. I always want people to understand that I'm your everyday boy that you can relate to and laugh with and understand that, yes, he may be popular on social media, he may be trending, this or that, but he's just like you. And and it, it warms my heart when I see them in person. And the, the love that I receive is so overwhelming. The, the inspiration, the, the words of advice, the words of wisdom, the, the, the boosts that I get from my people every day really, um, really shows and it, it, set, it, it sets and attracts that, you know, you're loved and you're appreciated. Your craft is loved. So, so f- to build a, a fan base or to build a following on social media, consistency, being genuine and, you know, keeping in tune with your fans and your followers, understanding what's happening and understanding your market is very, very important. 
because I always say to people, you can have so many followers, 60 and 70,000 followers, and you have little engagement, then it defeats the whole purpose. So I have to monitor my engagement as well to see that my people are enjoying the content, you know, because there are some people who just watch stuff and don't, some people don't like her, but you can see that the views are there. So you know that people are engaging with the posts because everybody's not going to like or comment on something, but you can see that they're sharing, they're engaging. So a lot of that is very, very important in building that fan base. And I'm sure you get a lot of DMs. So what type of questions or comments do you receive from your fans? On the positive side, I get a lot of things. But people say, you made me laugh so much. And, you know, I have one lady who was in the hospital. She said that she was so ill. And just watching the videos cheered her up and made her feel so better, preparing her for her surgeries. Had some people said they were going through such a hard time with COVID, losing their job. And just a little laughs, encouragement, made, you know, made them feel a little more light in, in such a heavy world at this point. And, and people feel it inspired, you know, who said, I watch you grow and, and, and it has inspired me to do what I want to do. So a lot of stuff like that. That's good stuff. And, you know, after said, I know that, you know, you started doing this sort of on a part-time basis and now you are full-time social media influencer and, and going down the acting path. And of course, we know that, you know, you have to eat, you have to monetize your craft. So um, what are what are some of the brands that you're currently working with? And, and what else are you doing to to make sure that this is um, meaningful and worthwhile for you? Of course, and it's such an amazing feeling. I've always wanted to be a full time entrepreneur, creative actor, and I would never regret it. I, I trust the process and every every career that I would have um, been involving before would have helped lead and chart paths to, to where I am today. So that would have definitely helped shape and more who I am today. So I, I definitely would tell anyone who's out there, you know, don't think as though that you don't have to work for anyone at any time. But if you have to just use that to fund your career and to channel and to learn, take every bit of meat and throw away the bone in every um, aspect of your life. For me, some of the brands that I've um, been um, privileged to be a part of, brands like um, Confectionery Snacks and um, UNICEF, the UN, United Nations have been uh, amazing with their um, campaign. Abed's The Cutting Edge have partnered with iFocus as well, just to name a few. You know, it's so amazing that the growth that would have happened in that short space of time and having those contracts, just to name some of the few of people that would have been on the Barbados Trust Fund, being able to encourage entrepreneurs, which is something that I hold dear to my heart. So, you know, those are some of the brands that I've been privileged to be a part of so far. And apart from that, I'm also an entrepreneur. So I do a bit of lifestyle concierge. So I've just started that company as well on the business aspect, lifestyle concierge and virtual PA services, where we offer that to our clients, you know, taking the hassle out of their life. If you're just too busy to do it, we, we do that as well. That's on my professional side. It's been going pretty cool for now. Well, congrats. You mentioned consistency and, and that is so important. You know, you have to be willing to invest the time and energy to make this um, worth your while. So how do you stay motivated on days when you spend time producing a video and you post it and you get just a handful of likes? Sometimes you have to realize that not every day is going to be a big catch don't let your value and worth be based on the likes that you get on social media because that could crush or break you. 
understanding your season and understanding your time, understanding your market and who you cater to is very, very important because there may be some people who come on social media for a good laugh. So if you do motivational posts, I don't think they may want to see that because they may want to see something that just makes them chuckle and not something that makes them think. I keep a very supportive set of friends around me who gas me enough to know that you, you know, you offer something great or maybe try something different, maybe do something different. And mm -hmm. when you understand what you offer and the few people that really appreciate it, you, you, you know, you tend to act a little different and understand that, you know, some days people may not see it. Some days someone may not be in the mood to be online, you know, but it is social media is again about consistency. Every day will not be a thousand likes. And that's just the way that social media is. Some days you have a hit video, some days you don't have a hit video. So that happens a lot as well too. You bring up a good point about just really understanding your audience because you, you can't be everything to everyone. No. So if you stay laser focused on your audience and what they want, I think that's key. We know that the social creator space is exploding. I mean, especially with the pandemic and people being at home and having all this free time and, you know, there are new platforms popping up as well. Um, so when you think about, you know, content creators, especially those based in the Caribbean, what do you feel are some of the biggest challenges you guys face? Some of the biggest challenges we face is people taking us seriously and understanding that it is a gift, it is a craft. I remember I had to turn down a major brand recently because they did not understand that this is how we make our money, this is how we make our living. And they basically wanted us to know that, well, you should be happy to be a part of our brand. So that should be enough compensation and lack of words, you know? And, and people they get really offended when you have to ask for money. And you know, these are brands that make so much money and they don't understand that your time, your craft as a content creator, we bring so much value to your brand and following and they don't want to pay when it comes to investing in, in the content creators. And I know this is something that a lot of content creators face today. And, and that brought me, um, myself and another friend, we were just in the works of launching a, a creative union where creatives can have a voice and a, to back them when it comes to pricing, when it comes to, because a lot of people underprice themselves in this market. Mm -hmm. They start to sell themselves short. I find in the international world, people have moved forward and understanding when it comes to even things like the metaverse. People have understand, I know there's NFTs. People understand the value of creatives and creative content. But I find it great. We, we know that it is valuable, but do we want to pay? I think that's, that's where they're at now in the Caribbean. I know that this is valuable. Influencers are very valuable, but do I want to pay all that? You know? Yeah. At the end of the day, they're coming to you because yes. they know that there's value in coming to you. Sometimes you have to say no, and the other opportunity is yes. going to be right around the corner. What would you say are some of the, the pros and cons to maybe growing too fast? Too fast without humility could, could affect you because I think it gets to some people's head if they don't know that middle ground. And I, you know, people get very mixed up with the term humble and I'm very, very careful how I, use, how I use the term humble because being humble sometimes can make you undercut yourself because you don't understand your worth, trying to be too humble and to fitting or to be relatable for everybody. The truth is again, you have to know who serves you, what serves you and, and what your brand aligns yourself with because I may know that I'm lactose intolerant, so I can't partner with a dairy brand. <laughs> right. You know, understanding that you can't grab at everything. 
some people see all the fuss and the fame coming and everybody's coming at you. And my manager always says to me, ah, you can't grab at everything. You have to look at longevity. Does this align with your brand? Is this something that you would use? You know, what's the sense of partnering with something that you know that you you can't relate to and also when it comes to you know the rise of fame you know some people let it go to their head so then they believe like, i've accomplished this so i don't need to do anything more you know so you have to keep that middle ground where you understand that yes it is great but you also still have to keep pushing one of the things that you brought up earlier on too was you know forming a, a union to help other creatives because sometimes you know you grow too fast and you don't have the infrastructure to manage your growth and so, and so you're not in a space to really capitalize on it. So I really applaud you for doing that. All the best with that. I think it'll be definitely a benefit. And if you can expand it beyond Barbados, I think that other people who can benefit Anything, from it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Bakleton, let's talk content creator burnout because you know that ish is real. I mean, I'm on YouTube. And I hear people saying, I just need a break because of mental health or physical just burnout. How do you maintain balance? For me, I maintain balance on... I, the, the beauty about what I do on Instagram is that I've rounded myself not only being bad, but being a lifestyle influencer. So whether it may be me going out to eat or going out to have a drink, maybe reviewing something, you know, I want people to understand all the different elements of life, not only from Bev, but from Atlanton. And sometimes, again, that could be exhausting because there's times when you go and you just, ah, this is too much energy and effort to even post or to do, and I just go out and have fun without even posting. When you have built a following that, you know, people love and appreciate you, people, I, I think that people get, and you know, they even check in and ask, how are you doing? They haven't seen you for a bit. But, you know, people tend to understand that you need you need a moment because I want to always keep content fresh. And if I feel as though, like, oh, gosh, I'm, I don't have anything to, of substance or to me that I would value to post, I just don't post. Because there's a thing of posting too much. And some people post foolishness. You know, like, you can see, like, okay, this was a reach post. This was, like, so unnecessary, you know? Because it feels like you're constantly in their face with a lot of nothing. And it's also good to be missed a bit. It's also good to not override your wave and not constantly post things that, well, you've, we've seen this already. This is all. All of these are things that I factor in. And again, too, as you said, it can be tiring. I, I've spent a little more time on Twitter, developing my Twitter over the last few months because I haven't been active on Twitter. And Twitter is actually a very active spot now. So I've been very active on Twitter of recent and focusing, you know, I've focused a lot on Instagram, but I've neglected my Twitter. Then the next thing I have to focus on is my TikTok. So balancing that, and I'm very authentic. So I run all of my profiles myself because I want people to be able to relate and talk to me. I know at some point I won't be able to do that. But as long as I can right now, I want to, you know, my manager, he he's always there, but I like to be hands on with my stuff to see what's happening, understand what's happening and be in tune all that's going on. I can totally resonate with that. At the end of the day, I think it is quality over quantity. Even with the different platforms, it's really finding out where your tribe is, right? Because you can't be everywhere. No. I mean, there's just so many different platforms and I think it's hard to keep up, especially with a personal brand to be everywhere. So it's just figuring out which one or two that where my tribe exists and that they're engaging and uh, then be laser focused on that versus trying to spread yourself yeah. you know so yeah. thin burn, burn yourself yeah
this is part education. And so one of the things that I, I always like to ask is to have our guests offer up advice for, you know, a young person or just someone else who might be interested in following in your footsteps. Maybe not necessarily specifically what you're doing, but just, you know, trying to get into the social content space. What advice would you have for them? I would, I would definitely say understanding your season and your purpose is very important. And surrounding yourself with people that understand is very important. Luckily for me, I've had some amazing friends, but I've also had some really big dream crushers as well. So when people see that you're doing too well, they can tend to beat you down and you have to be very mindful of those people. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I've had a bit of both. And some people that I would have even looked up to that after I would have started to strive in such a way and they realized I would have been outgrowing certain environments, they became very catty, you know? Who do he think he is to be striving so fast and doing so many great things? And it's, you have to be very wary of those, but you still also have to keep those people close because they help push you a lot. Because when they think that they could get underneath your skin or they think that their words would mean a lot to you, I, I use those words to fuel me to do better, to prove you wrong. And, you know, it, it's, it's not always that hard. That's why you need a really strong support team. And for any young creative, I would say to be bold and to be confident, to study your craft, understand your niche, understand your market. Don't try to be accessible to everybody. You can't serve so many masters. And you have to put yourself first and your brand first. So a lot of people want to tell you to do this. Why don't you try that? But you have to understand what you have to be able to master wanting. Too many people try to master a lot of things and they become a master of none. You know, so that's a problem that a lot of people have. I would say stick to what is you master one thing and then you go on to the next. So for me, I, I made sure I master the character Bevan, get her down pat and what she brings to the table. And I mastered that before I can start to move on to creating other things and being confident in your brand. And this is a new era. This is the 21st century. We're in 2022 now. Gone are the days where people tell you that only being a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher or, or these typical jobs are the only thing that you can be. You can be a creative and make a living. That's awesome. I know that you're busy working on the sitcom, but I think that there might be a place for Bev the Roadshow. Do you have plans to do something live after the pandemic? Absolutely. That is still very, very big in plans. And that was actually one of our first plans before the second wave. We were actually planning Bev live shows and we were going to have a whole big production where people could watch it and we wanted to go from USA to Canada to UK to Africa. We wanted to take this show on the road that people all across the diaspora could enjoy. That's awesome. Well, I wish you all the best with that. And Akneton, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. I know you are a little bit under the weather this week, so I really appreciate you mustering up the energy to share your story and much success to you. Thank you so much for having me. It was indeed a pleasure and our conversations are always very enlightening. So thank you so much for that and continue to do a great job. Thank you. To our unstoppable Yes You Tribe, thanks for listening and for your continued support. If you love this episode, don't hesitate. Go ahead, share it. You never know who you can inspire with just a simple share. For those of you who are new to Unstoppable Yes You, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also check it out on our website, unstoppableyesyou.com. 
And don't forget, we feature brand new profile stories every week in the form of articles about Caribbean people who are making their mark and blazing a trail in their communities and around the globe.